David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I'm Elliot Harris, so that means the fellow in this salmon-colored shirt probably is David Spada, who's taking time out from his practice. Now, is that law or golf practice that is brought to you in the... Too much law this year, not enough not golf. Enough, not enough golf. Well, well, we'll rectify that over the course of the summer. We have another great show today. A couple of interviews that you and I conducted. And we will start off first with Courtney Vandersloot, point guard for the WNBA Chicago Sky. Our guest today in studio is Chicago Sky point guard Courtney Vandersloot, who has many uh, notable achievements. The one I like best is your birth date. Why is that? It happens to be the, the same day, although not the same year as me. Oh, I didn't know that. See, now you know. So now, oh, great. next next February 8th, we can go out and celebrate, Celebrate right? together. <laughs> what is there, a half a century difference? <laughs> More or less, let's not. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You've been in the league, th- this is your third year. First year as the number three overall pick by this guy, you made it into the All-Star game. Yes. Was that expected when you came in? It, it wasn't. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting it at all. But it is quite the honor to be an all-star at any point, um, let alone your rookie year. So it was a good experience for me. Um, you know, I really, really enjoyed that, and um, it was quite the honor. And that was the last all-star game they had, because that was 2011. Then for 2012, they took off for the Olympics. And the MVP in that 2011 game was on the op- opposite side then, She's a, she's a teammate now, Swin Cash. Yes, it was. It was. How impressive was she then, and how how impressive is she now? Um, she was very impressive, especially during that game, um, which is why she got the MVP honor. But um, I think what makes Swin Cash um, the most impressive is just how great of a teammate she is, how great of a leader she is. Um, you know, I think we have to credit a lot of our success to Swin. Yep. Your coach, Pokey Chapman says it's like having a coach on the floor or in the hu- an extra one in the huddle during timeouts. It is. Um, what's special about Swin is she isn't just um, knows her position, but she can really coach everyone. Um, so it is like having a coach. You know, she's she's there to give pointers for um, everybody of, of all position and of all years, you know, it, and that's what she's done for us. Um, she's been in the league, you know, for 11 years now, so she knows. And these our, our teammates and players along the league, they respect her. They understand um you know that she knows what she's talking about. So when Swin when Swin talks, um, people people tend to listen. She's a grizzled veteran. <laughs> she is. She is. 
I don't know if she'd like to be referred to as grizzled, but she's a veteran. I don't want to call her the old lady on the team. I think she likes seasoned. That, that's, <laughs> that's the term that she appreciates the best. Growing up, did you realize that you would have the opportunity to play professional basketball? I mean, because there wasn't really that much women's basketball 10, 15 years ago. You know, there wasn't. Um, I think that the league started when I was like in third grade or something. So I, I did get to, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up at least in Seattle. So I was a Storm fan. Um, I got to watch. But again, it wasn't that popular. So, you know, um, I never really knew if I had a chance, um, you know, but I just kept working hard, hopefully, get, to get here one day. So. Now, you also played other sports. Were you, were you better in softball? Um, not in softball. I was better at soccer, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what's the transition? I, th- I would think there's very little between basketball and soccer. Well, I think um, just playing multiple sports when you're young just helps with a lot of different things. You know, um, footwork is big in, in soccer, and I think that helped me a lot with my skill set with basketball. Um, you know, there isn't a lot similar to the game, but I think footwork um, would definitely be one of them and something that I could pick up on pretty easily because of my experiences with soccer. And sure. use your head in different ways. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Fewer concussions, hopefully. Yes. So you're going to be the next Mia Hamm? I wanted to be, that's for sure. Mia Hamm was definitely somebody that I, um, you know, idolized when I was younger. Now you idolize Cheryl Miller? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> sure. Or who was your favorite women's basketball player growing up? Um, well, like I said, I was a Storm fan, so and I was young, I was small, just like Sue Bird um, is, and so I definitely, you know, watched Sue a lot, and, you know, she was kind of the face of the Storm, and is, continues to be, so. Now, she's injured this season, but, but what's it like to get on the same court and go against somebody who you, you did go, wow, that... She's special. Um, you know, it's it's cool. It's an honor. It's it, you feel like um, like you're finally there. You know, you you grew up idolizing these this player, and um, you know, just trying to learn from her. And you know, it's a cool experience. But it's not just them. You know, it's being out on the court with all of these players that you either watched in college or um, played against in college. That you were just like, you know, I played against Candace Parker my freshman year, and you know. I, I never thought that I'd be on the same court against her again, and here I am. What about uh, recently retired Cheryl Swoops? Is that Loyola now, the women's coach? Yeah, that you know, that's Cheryl Swoops is a big idol um, for a, a lot of people. You know, she was the face of the league, the face of women's basketball at one point. Um, you know, and and it's cool that she gets to continue that as a head coach. Um, you know, I'm sure she knows a lot. From play, her playing days, and is going to be an awesome coach there. Yeah, she stopped by and uh, seen a couple of the Sky games at Allstate Arena. Yeah, yes, of course. She's always showing support. You know, this was her league at one point. <laughs> Definitely. Now, you went to Gonzaga, where you're probably the most famous point guard in school history. <laughs> Arguably. Well, with the, with the possible <laughs> exception of one. Yes. John Stockton, who had mm-hmm. a, a tremendous career in college and then with the Utah Jazz. Yes, he did. And your coach encouraged you to reach out to John Stockton, and you're you're not the most uh, extroverted, is that safe to say? (laughs) Safe to say, I would say. So how did you bridge that gap to to reach out to John Stockton? Well, it was hard. Um, It was definitely not something that I was comfortable doing, Um, but I think that helped, too. My coach 
just tried to get me out of my comfort zone a little bit and reach out to somebody, you know, that is as famous as John Stockton. But once I made the phone call, you know, he's a very down to earth man and um, very friendly, was way willing to help. So once I made that first call, I got over that, you know, the shock of the name. It it wasn't bad. And um, I continued to go to him throughout my college for, you know, a little bit of support and tips and anything I can pick his brain from. What was your first meeting with him like? Uh, well, I was nervous. Um, and But like I said, he broke down that wall right away. And um, after that, it was just, I tried to just absorb as much as I could um, from him because he would actually, he actually worked me out a little bit and just, you know, taught me some drills and some things, put me through some drills. So it was, it was easy, um, comfortable. No one-on-one against him? No. Or no. playing horse? He retired, I think, <laughs> from that. <laughs> Who wore shorter shorts? <laughs> Probably about the same length. <laughs> of course, he had Carl Malone to run the pick and roll with, and that's not really the offense that you guys use uh, very much. You have right. you have Sylvia Fowles, uh, all-star center. You have Elena, a forward. You have Swin Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Epiphany Prince. How do you make sure everybody gets the ball enough? It's like you almost need two or three basketballs. <laughs> well, that's a good thing about us, I think, is that we really don't because we have so many options. And everybody always says, or Pokey always says to us, like, we don't care who's scoring as long as we're scoring. And that's what's great is nobody is uh, wants to score. Nobody complains about touches. Um, you know, we have the one, one of the best centers in the, the world, and... You never hear her complain about touches, and she's still going to work hard. Um, and I think that's great, and I think that's really helping us um, that we have so many options. That we're tough to we're tough to guard. Right. They're, they're, in the season opener, you had 14 points. You thought, oh, this is going to be the season. Courtney averages double figures, and it doesn't work out that way every game. And even Epiphany, who last season uh, was throwing up 30 points a game for several games. Mm-hmm. Uh, has curtailed her scoring. I mean, obviously you have Elena Deladon, who's averaging close to 20. Mm-hmm. But it's it's defensively, I don't know how other teams approach the sky other than to hope that you guys make turnovers. I mean, that's that's what makes us so difficult to guard. And especially, you know, Epiphany is just hard to guard. She's... Um, a really good one-on-one player. But then you have Elena who kind of plays a guard and a post, and she's obviously very, very difficult to guard. So um, I guess you kind of got to pick your poison. I mean, I'm glad that I'm not the one trying to scout us. <laughs> Who's the go-to player on your team? If you need to win a game with, like, five seconds left, who is Swim Cash going to, or your coach, uh, Pokey Chapman, going to diagram a play for? I think it all depends on the game. You know, we'll have times where... Uh, Epiphany is just has the hot hand, um, and then we'll have times where Elena or, you know, Sylvia is always an option, um, and that's what makes us so so difficult to guard is because at the the last five seconds, they don't know they can't just take one player away because if they do that, we have other options. And you've seen that this season where it comes down to the last seconds and people think, okay, it's going to Elena, and and it didn't. Right. Yes. I mean, and that's tough to guard because you do want to try and guess, you know, get a little bit of an edge and try and determine who the ball is going to go to. And um, I think teams are pretty smart to assume that it's going to go to Elena, but, you know, we also have other options. 
Who's the? Uh, is this a full time job for all the players, or is this part time? This is a full time job for sure. Has this been the same way the whole time in the league, or has it evolved into a full time job? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty much a full time job since the get go. Uh, I, you know, we only practice for a certain amount of hours, but. There's a, a lot goes into it, um, you know, taking care of your body and doing stuff like this <laughs> and, um, you know, getting ready to prepare for the next team or whatever it may be. It's not just those couple hours that you're in the gym. At the same time, it's not a year-round job, so you end up going to Turkey to play. Other players go to Turkey or other countries abroad. What's that experience like? Um, it, it's really cool, you know, because we get the chance to go and live in other countries and, you know, really learn about other cultures, live in, you know, not just travel to actually live in, um, you know, different countries. And most of the time when you're over there, you're not just staying in your one country, you get to travel and then you get to play basketball at the same time and get paid for it. You know, that's a pretty sweet deal. Where are your practices at? Are they at the, um, arena in Rosemont or do you have a... Uh, no, we practice in Deerfield. With the Bulls? At the, at Sachs. Oh, okay. Well, where the Bulls used to... Yeah. Oh, the old Deerfield Multiplex? Mm-hmm. Right. It's now the Sachs Recreation uh, Center. So you're not scrimmaging against Derrick Rose? <laughs> no. Fortunately not. <laughs> well, maybe you guys can... You know, they're trying to, uh, what, sell the Berto Center? Maybe you guys can move into the Berto Center. Maybe we could. What year did you graduate Gonzaga? 2011. Okay. So you were there when Adam Morrison was there? I was, he, my senior year was his, in high school was his senior year. So he was gone by the time I got there. Okay, so you, you watched him play, though? Of course, yes. I was a big Zags fan before I even got there. So did you cry when you won a game? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. Um, but actually, Adam Morris and I played in the same team overseas. So that was pretty cool, the same club. We were both there the same year. Interesting. How, how did you end up in Turkey as opposed to, say, Russia or, or some of the other countries out there? Well, I mean, it all depends on what teams need. And, um, you know, it, every year is different. So everybody signs only for a one-year contract. So, uh, you know, players are going to all these different countries every, almost every year. And I just started with Turkey. So do you know where you're going this winter? I do not yet. So still trying to figure out the details. And What's your pres- preference? What country? Um, I don't know yet. I would like to... You know, I haven't been over there enough to know, like, which country I'd rather play in to not. Um, I would like to go to a new country just to, you know, try something new. France? France would be great. You know, that's a nice place to play. That would be awesome. What were the crowds like in Turkey? Uh, They had a very good support over there. Um, You know, they have big clubs, and and soccer is a really big sport. So if they have a, a soccer club... Um, which my team when I was in Turkey did. Their fans are just like, you know, what you see in European soccer games, and they compete with those other clubs. So, you know, the, there's two really big clubs in Turkey, and they their games are intense. Like, I'm talking like screaming, yelling, fireworks, like the whole deal inside the gym. Armed guards? Yes, absolutely. A little different here in the U.S. <laughs> a little different, yes. <laughs> a little different fan base. But. Is there gambling on the games over there for the women? There is, I think. Um, obviously, I was not involved in those, so I wouldn't really know the details, but I think that there are. So that might kind of put a little more pressure <laughs> a on you guys. Edge, yeah. <laughs> so is this the year that the Sky make the playoffs? This is. 
definitely. I thought last year was going to be, but then injuries hit. Yes. Uh, you know, circumstances came up, um, but we're focused on this year and we're focused on, you know, just getting better every game. And I think that if we put it all together, there's no reason why we shouldn't be there. How's your coach, Slowpokey, as I call her? <laughs> Not to her face. <laughs> That's got to be tempting to call her that. No, actually, I've never even thought of that be- until you said it. <laughs> but and now, I still wouldn't call her that. <laughs> now, if Courtney's ever bench, we'll know why. <laughs> you get some T-shirts. That's a good marketing thing. <laughs> I don't know about that. Isn't there some kind of sick stickers? <laughs> or not stickers, there suckers? A, there was a, like a candy. There you go. You could get an endorsement deal with the candy company, I, yeah, the slowpokes. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> What team do you think gives you the greatest challenge in reaching, uh, I'll assume you want to go beyond just making it to the postseason. The obvious object is to win the championship. So in the East, is it Atlanta? Uh, I mean, Atlanta's had such a good start to the season. Um, you know, I think that they're a really difficult team. But the thing about this league is that, like, you can't just – pick out one or two teams because on any given night, um, you know, this team, that the best players, the best teams, um, you can get beat by anybody. So, I mean, as of right now, it's Atlanta, but you, we don't know after the All-Star break, it could be somebody else, you know, because we have some teams with a lot of injuries. So, you know, we're just focused on us. And I think if we do the things that we capable, we're capable of doing, then um, we can just focus on that rather than focusing on which team. What do you think about the All-Star game with the NBA when they would have those uh, contests where you'd have a WNBA player, an NBA player, and then a senior player? Did you yeah. always dream of playing in one of those? I didn't dream of playing in one of those, but they're actually you know, fun to watch, you know, especially when you're in the league and you know these are your peers that you see playing. Um, you know, This past All-Star was cool with Maya and um, you know, Tina Thompson. They, it was fun to watch them compete with the, you know, the NBA guys, and you know, they held their own, I think. Shooting yeah. especially. You got a question. Speaking of uh, Tina Thompson, who you guys played recently, she's been in the league since its inception, like 17 years or something. Mm-hmm. Can you see Courtney Vandersloot lasting in the WNBA that long? Well, that would be awesome. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to focus on staying healthy now. <laughs> I mean, that would be incredible to play that long. Um, she's obviously taking care of herself very well to be able to play not only just in the league, but year-round. You know, she still plays overseas, so that's awesome for her. I think we got someone who wants to ask you a question. Got to talk. Oh, now she's getting shy. <laughs> she's got two older sisters she plays against. Are you sure now. she's a spada? If I, you sh- I didn't know any shy spadas. <laughs> she always gets aggravated by her sisters, and when she practices against her sisters at basketball, they keep saying, you're too little, you're too little. What's your thoughts on that? Well, if you look at me, I'm not much bigger than you are already, and, and I got a lot of years on you. Um, I would say I was that girl at one point. I had an older sister who played, and I played up with her, um, and I was always the littlest one. And, you know, you just got to find different ways. You you probably won't ever be the tallest or the strongest, but you don't have to be to, to be successful. I notice a lot of the coaches, they try to create all these plays for these kids, and it's just let them play out there in grade school. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's huge in development because um you you know that's when you get to a certain level you want to be able to have players that can make plays on their own. 
um, rather than just run a play. I think both is definitely important, that you should be able to run a structured offense, but at, at some point it's going to break down and you should be able to you know, create on your own and, and just play basketball, make the reads. And that starts. You can start that young. You don't have to, you know, wait until you're in college to be able to break down a player. Speaking of small players, Ivory Latta, mm-hmm. I, I believe, is smaller than you. She is. And I think she, she is. also recently named uh, an assistant coach at North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Do you see way down the road in 15 or 20 years after you've retired that have any appeal? Um. It did. I don't know. Like sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, somehow I want to be included with the game just because it's been my life the entire time. I don't know if by the time I'm done playing, say it be 17 years from now, um, if I want to go into coaching or you know do something else. But somehow I want to help um, the game in some way, whether it be with younger players or you know just um, helping out just volunteering, you know, something like that. Um, but I may want to coach at one point. Now, to me, one of the pro- I don't know if it's a problem, one of the drawbacks to the WNBA season is if you wanted to have a, a summer basketball camp, it would be tough to do that and play at the same time. Is that a reasonable assessment? Yes, it is. It is hard. Um, I mean, unless you want to do the camp in your city, which – you, you know, there it would be on a specific day rather than rather you know, than, several. Yes, um, I mean I think that you can w- find ways around it um, you, if you don't have to spend the entire day at the camp or you know maybe just be in and out. Um, but I think a lot of players just you can do your camps outside of the summer ses- sessions, and so they'll find a way or they'll just wait till they're retired. <laughs> How many camps did you go to growing up? A lot. Um, I was always in a camp just because I enjoyed it, and I think it was cheap daycare for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your parents wanted to get rid, right? No. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, and, but I enjoyed it. That's one thing that I loved going to, um, you know, week long camps in the summer. And then when I was a little bit older, I would go. To, I actually went to the Gonzaga camp, which is why they started recruiting me, and that's basically where I fell in love with the school and the, the rest is history. But the, but the head coach had not seen you play. He had not seen me. It was yeah, the assistants. Yeah. And and so. The, the assistant said, oh, she's really good. And he had to assess it for yeah. himself and say, oh, they got it right. He did, yes. Yes, he missed me at camp, but that's okay. So do you have a lot of endorsement deals? Uh, I'm a Nike athlete, which is, you know, an endorsement, I guess. But So what do you get from Nike? Shoes and clothing and everything? Yeah. So you, yeah. Could, you go into Nike town and say, I want this, this, and this, and they have to give it to you? Or you have a limit? <laughs> you have a limit. They have a limit. So you're not like Michael Jordan. No, I'm not like Michael Jordan. <laughs> I know if he had a limit there. Slightly less than Michael Jordan. Yeah, a little bit. So each player has their own endorsement deal then? Yeah, sure. Was it a hard decision who to sign with, or you just are tied to Nike? Um, I don't think it would be a hard decision for anybody to sign with Nike. I mean, is if it you like, had the option. Do te- like shoe uh, companies come in and say, here, we want you to sign with us, or we want you to sign with us, or is it pretty much Nike's... The one for the league. Well, Adidas is the the one for the league, is the um, league sponsor. But Nike Nike has their uh, you know their individual athletes that so that are in the league, and it's up to Nike who those players are. How long did it take you to feel comfortable as a WNBA player? 
Um, like yesterday. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm still working on that. Um, no. When did practice end today? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it's always like it's still an adjustment. I still feel like I'm just new, um, even though this is my third year. So just because the you know the level of competition is so high that you're, I'm just always learning. Um, you know, it's still crazy to me that I actually am in the WNBA. Um, you know, just trying to live day by day, though. Okay. She's got a question. She sees your shirt. It says, enjoy. She's going to the second grade. She goes, Dad, it's not spelled right. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> choose the spelling of that. <laughs> but, hey, you're right. It is spelled incorrectly. <laughs> Making a basket or an assist, is, does one feel better than the other? Uh, f- me, personally, assists feel better. Um I mean, just because you're getting other people involved, it's better for the team. That's just my because that's my role. But I would say that feeling making a basket feels great too. <laughs> no, come on, assists don't feel good. You want to score the game-winning basket. I'd rather have the game-winning assist. <laughs> no one's listening from the team. <laughs> they're not. I'll be disappointed if they're not. <laughs> Shh, don't tell her. Okay, someone's trying to hog the mic. What's your question? Do you like basketball? I do like basketball. I enjoy it a lot. Do you like basketball? What's your favorite part? Do you like scoring or passing your teammates? Scoring. <laughs> She's just like her dad. She wants the spotlight. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. So there's no ball hogs on your team? No. Absolutely not. What's it like to play for Pokey? It's awesome. Um, you know, especially as a point guard because... She was a point guard. She coaches like a point guard. She sees the game like a point guard. Um, you know, so it's it's nice because she she will always you know break it down for me and um, make sure I'm seeing the right things and she understands what I guess I'm going through you know on the court and she understands what I'm seeing and what I'm you know what to expect of me. So it's it's awesome and you know she's a she's a player's coach and what I mean by that she understands because she's played the game. She coaches us like. She understands that, you know, it's like things are going to happen, but she, but she expects certain things, if that makes sense at all. Does she ever scrimmage against you guys or suit it up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's retired, okay. too. <laughs> I think those days are gone. Long gone. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> they're not long gone, but they're, they're gone. She, yes, she's retired, but she could. Don't underestimate her. How's she at free throws? Great. I would assume. <laughs> Who's the best free throw shooter? We actually are really good as a team, um, but Elena and Piff, I think, are shooting in the 90s for yeah. free throws. So there's no Dwight Howards on your team? <laughs> no. No. There's <laughs> not. It just seems like women are better shooters than the guys. Because when you watch the women's game versus the guys, the women seems like it's more passing, more structured, whereas it's not so much freelancing out there. I mean, I think... It depends on the team. Um, that there, you know, the the 24 second shot clock is pretty short. Um, so there is there are some freelancing, as you want to call it. But you know, where we also play structured too. So I mean, it's like the old time NBA basketball used to seeing like in the black and whites, where you didn't see the dunking. You actually mm-hmm. saw set shots, things like that more. You right. didn't see as much as this basically run and gun here. Yeah. And I think where their shooting percentage goes down among the women is the inability to dunk. 
So you'll see balls that you think, okay, this should be a layup, and it rolls around the rim and goes out, stuff like that. Yeah, whereas guys would just dunk it, maybe. I'm sh- assuming you played against guys at some time, like in college? Of course. Still play against You're guys. You're still doing practice. Yeah, we still play against guys. How, do the guys get frustrated when you basically they outball them? They do. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, it's only for some guys because um, they think that they're probably just going to come in and kind of have their way with us. But, you know, we're a team and we play as a team. Sometimes where guys just, just our, like practice come in and, you know, don't have that team aspect. So, you know, we. What guys take have you care beat up on? What, any college guys or. Um, you probably could have beat DePaul last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> could have beat Loyola. They could have beat Loyola. You could have beat probably a lot of teams. Probably. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Good luck to you and the Chicago Sky. And maybe we will see you in the postseason this year. All right. Well, thanks for having maybe. me. Maybe. All right. That was a pretty fun time with Courtney Vandersloot. We'll take a brief break, and when we come back on Sports and Torts, we will have Pro Football Hall of Famer Sam Huff. 